Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 149. Hi, this is Rocky Romanello, author of Tighten the Lug Nuts. And if you want to learn how to network your way to the top, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but First, if you have not done this already, please go ahead and schedule a quick chat with me. I would love to talk with you sometime just for 10 or 15 minutes over the phone. Um, Head on over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. And in the pinned welcome post in the top of my Facebook group, you'll see a link that goes directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a quick chat. I'd love to talk with you sometime. So I'll catch you there or I'll catch you in the Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Rocky Romanella. Rocky is currently the founder, president, and CEO of 360 Management Services and author of the book, Tighten the Lug Nuts. 360 Management Services is a complete management services company with seasoned professionals focused on thought leadership, leadership development, and process improvement. Prior, Rocky served as CEO and director of Unitech Global Services based in Bluebell, Pennsylvania, which is a provider of engineering, construction management, and installation services to companies specializing in telecommunications. Rocky also spent 36 years at UPS. Rocky served as president and 
general manager of UPS Supply Chain Solutions, where his responsibilities included the integration of over 20 acquisitions that became UPS Supply Chain Solutions. Rocky also served as president of retail operations, which included MBE and the rebranding to the UPS Store Network, Mailboxes, etc., a wholly owned subsidiary of UPS, which is the world's largest franchiser of retail shipping, postal printing, and business service centers. UPS store and mailboxes, etc. together comprise nearly 5,500 independently owned locations in the US, Puerto Rico, and Canada. Rocky, super stoked to be here with you. That was a mouthful of an intro, but when you've done so many things, it's hard to keep it condensed. Why don't you start off by telling us what you're most excited about right now? Well, thank you very much. And uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show. I look forward to speaking with you and your audience. And what am I most excited about? Well, I had the opportunity to have, as you just did a very nice job of, uh, some great titles, but none better than the one I currently have, which is Grandpa. So I'm excited about our four grandchildren, Nico, Anthony, we have Penelope Rose, we have Aviana, and Sophia. So we have their two and a half to about four months. So very exciting time here in the Romanella house. And we're excited to have Debbie and I to have four great grandchildren. Really, really, really cool. Rocky, I've been really looking forward to this interview because as soon as I read your bio, I knew it was going to be a good fit for the show. One thing that I really, really like about your story is the fact that you were promoted from within at UPS, which is obviously a household name. There's nobody listening to this that's going, what is UPS? I've never heard of UPS. So you spent 36 years there and eventually served as president and general manager. So can you walk us through that whole process? Yeah, thank you. Well, it started out not quite the way it ended, I would say, because I went to college to be a high school history teacher and a baseball coach. And my dad, who has since passed away, said to me, hey, you know, uh, one of my children, you're the oldest, is going to college and we don't have a lot of money. So uh, you're going to have to figure this out. So UPS uh, provided me the opportunity to a part-time job to work my way through college. Mm -hmm. And the thing I noticed early on is the best leaders and the best supervisors and managers were those managers and supervisors who really found a way to get their people to connect the dots, to get an understanding of what you know what we were trying to accomplish. And more importantly, we're good communicators. And so I changed my major to management and I never gave up my desire to for to teaching. I just felt my my classroom was changing from a traditional classroom to a business setting. And and I would take those skills that I, you know, the teaching skills into a business setting. And so I worked my way up to the organization. UPS had a promotion from within policy. And my dad told me two things that stuck with me throughout my career and to this day. The first thing he said to me was, whatever they ask you to do, say yes and thank you. And then learn your job and learn some more. And so as I was growing and developing inside UPS, there were times where I may not have felt ready for the next promotion or maybe ready for the next assignment. But all I could do is hear my dad say, hey, whatever they ask you to do, say yes and thank you. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, if that's what you, if you think I'm the right person for the job. And I also learned something that I think leaders need to understand. And that's, there are many times when your people may not be ready for that next assignment and you may have to believe in them until they're ready to believe in themselves and give them the confidence through your belief in them to help them bridge that experience gap. And frankly, UPS believed in Rocky Romanella many times well ahead of when I was believing in myself or thought I was ready for it. And they helped bridge that gap. And then as a leader, you recognize that when a person gets to that point where their their experience and their confidence gets to that point where they can do it on their own, that's when you have to take a step back and allow them to do their job. And now you go from being the support function to being the cheerleader. And so that for me was some very valuable lessons as I grew and developed inside the organization. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. 
We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And you said you're working your way through college. What did you go to school for? Did you finish school or was it like, hey, UPS is actually a really great company. I want to stay here. And you stopped or well, what happened with all that? No, I ended up, as I said, changing my major from education to business management. Graduated St. John's University where I met my wife, Debbie. It was a commuter college, so it worked out well for me. Hmm. Worked my way through school. And then I actually you know, had some really good interviews out of St. John's, but got the chance to become a UPS driver. In those days... You had to be a driver before you could become full-time. So I was excited, got my Browns. My grandmother, we lived in a two-family house. We talk about being a, a very traditional Italian family, two-family house. My aunt, my uncle, my grandmother lived downstairs. And my grandmother, boy, she loved pressed my uniform every night. And I was ready to go as a UPS driver. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So go to school for business management, get a couple interviews, but then go, you know what? I'd actually really like to stay here. Was it just like company culture or you just like, that was like the best opportunity presented to you at the time? No, I think I didn't realize it at the time, but it really did come down to company culture. And I say this all the time. I mean, I, as you said, I was at UPS for 36 years. I didn't agree with everything that happened at UPS, mm-hmm. but I never disagreed enough to leave. And I think the reason for that is, is that my ethics, my values all matched with UPS. They never asked me to violate a policy or do something illegal or do something mm-hmm. unethical. And so I think that's so important when people are looking at places to work or how they connect inside a job. If you match up morally, ethically, principles, culturally, it's a very good fit, right? So UPS was a place where they applauded hard work. And you know I, I always brought hard work and enthusiasm every day. And so I kind of I fit. And so I, it just felt right to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me one or two things now looking back, because you said at the time you didn't realize that it was the culture, but now looking back, you think it, it was. What were a couple of things besides what you just said that really stand out to you about the company culture there and you know how we can apply it into our own businesses? 
Well, I think the first thing is you have to match up where you feel ethically good there. When you think about all the things that are going on in, in the world and in business today, values do matter. And so maybe I, as I grew, I, I didn't articulate it that way or didn't kind of visualize it that way, but it matched up with something my dad told me when I was very young. He said to me, you know, it's what you do when no one's watching that counts. And I used to say to him all the time, you know, dad, that's the best part. No one's watching. And he would laugh and he'd say, well, it's always two people watching the man upstairs. And you always have to look in the mirror. And so for me, that resonated inside of UPS because we were always held accountable. And it was always a self-accountability that you wanted to be the best you could be. And you were applauded for, for hard work. You were applauded for doing things ethically, morally the right way. You were applauded for training and developing of your people. I mean, one of the things that you always were, were you know, was spoken to you and talked about is the great leaders develop great people. And think about sports today. You know, you always talk about football teams and the legacies of Bill Walsh or, or like a tree. You know, they always talk about the coaching trees of Bill Parcells and who came off of that coaching tree. Well, for us, we were always, you know, who did you work for? And, and then how were you trained and developed by those individuals? And as a leader, do you train and develop people? And there, do you have a management tree? And so that was always applauded. And I, as a person who had teaching in my blood, always felt like part of my responsibility was always to train and develop people and hopefully get them to be able to connect the dots on their own. So those kinds of things just matched perfectly for me. And I think in many of the people who stayed for so many years at UPS is because you match morally, ethically, culturally. And I think that's so important. You obviously became really good at leadership, at management, at connecting with people. Can you talk to me a little bit about personal development, self-development, and self-education. You obviously graduated from college. So you have a formal education. Were you always big into like educating yourself or you know, reading books or anything like that? Well, I think that you know, today, I think in today's world, people would call it networking. And I guess you know, showing my age here, I guess in my generation or my age, it would be more the ability to understand that you can learn from everybody around you. And, and as long as you have that desire to be a learner, to be a desire to always be open to learning, I think that's so important. And then, as I said before, my dad just always said to me, learn your job and learn some more. And so I never believed I arrived. I always felt like there's more that I could learn, that I could you know, kind of understand what I'm currently doing better than I did yesterday or today. And then the other thing I think is so important is I think what happens many times is people stop at the first right answer. And I think one of the things that really differentiates leaders from being good to great is that whole concept of not stopping at the first right answer. You move past that first right answer. And of course, the difficulty is it is a right answer, right? So people say, well, it's the right answer. Okay, but if you can move past that first right answer and maybe explore some other things, then what happens is you start to tend to go deeper, wider. You may get an answer that is more sustainable, that can go farther. But don't stop at that first right answer. Challenge yourself to always be constructively dissatisfied, to look past that first right answer. And I think that really helps you grow and develop. But I think in today's world, like I said, people would call it networking, which I think is, is a very important skill. But I think in our day was just learning, listening, and trying to learn from everybody you come in contact with. And constantly being a student. I love what you said there to never stop at the first right answer. That's such a great way to look at things because I think a lot of people just don't even realize that there could be something beyond that right answer, right? I mean, uh, like, like if you find something that works, a lot of people are like, all right, well, this is obviously the correct answer. So, you know, let's move on to a different problem. How do you prevent that mentality from creeping in? 
I think it starts with the way you challenge yourself, right? You challenge yourself. And by the way, I, I never challenged myself to move past that first right answer because, well, maybe that gets me the next promotion. Uh, you know, I think it's that inquisitive nature of, wait a second, you know, is there another way to look at this? Is there a better way to look at it? And for me, I w- would tell people that I never say people work for me, they were in my care. So the people who I worked with and were in my care, I would look at someone. So for example, Travis, if you brought me an idea and maybe it wasn't an idea I agreed with or thought it was the right approach. I would always tell people, well, give me 24 hours. It's kind of like when your kids are in soccer or baseball, you know, one of the coaches my son Rocky had, a hockey coach would always say, look, if it's important tomorrow, then come talk to me about it. And I would take that same approach that, you know, Travis, if he brought me an idea and I would say, you know what, let me think about this. And I would go home and say, well, I trust Travis. I think he's the right person for the job. I believe he's, he looks at things the right way. He's viewing it differently than me. If I really trust him and have confidence in him, I got to think about why that is. And generally the next day I come back and I'm like, you know, Travis, that, all right, let's try it your way. Sounds like it may be a different approach. And so that to me was also a form of not stopping at the first right answer. I got to the first right answer. I really believe Travis, I knew the right approach we should take. But now someone in my care, like you, someone in our organization that we have great faith in, we think is a high potential individual that has great you know, results has come with a different idea. If every time you bring me an idea, I always say, well, thanks, but I'm going the way I want to go, or I'm stopping at my first right answer. I really, number one, probably never get to the best right answer. And number two is I start to hurt your development because you're going to stop bringing me ideas if every time you bring me one, I say to you, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, there's so much stuff there to kind of dissect, but I'm interested to hear a little bit more before we kind of dive into the networking conversation. I'm interested to hear a little bit more about what you're currently up to. So I know that you spent 36 years at UPS and you're working for Unitech Global, but now you are founder, president, CEO of 360 Management Services. You wrote a book called Titan the Lug Nuts. Can you talk to us about both of those projects? Yeah, I'll try to do it succinctly as I can. As you can tell, I end up rambling and telling some stories here for you. No, that's the best way. That's the best way. I love it. Well, that's actually the book. So the book was written, uh, Tighten the Lug Nuts. Uh, It's written in the third person. And the reason it's in the third person is, is I never felt good about when someone brought me an idea or talked to me about something I would say, well, I, I don't know. Let me think about it. Or I, I think we can go it a different way. So many years ago, I created this character, Joe Scafone. And so if you brought me an idea or someone were sitting in a meeting and they would come up with an idea, I would say, well, you know what? You think Joe Scafone thinks that's a good idea? And so that became, you know, the tagline, hey, Joe Scafone. And it's funny because I would have meetings and people who knew me would say, hey, I already covered this with Joe. He thinks it's a good idea. I'm like, all right, that's good. <laughs> Let me listen to it. So uh, book's written in this third person, Joe Scafone. And each chapter is sort of this whole, not so much a management lesson, but an experience that took place where I may have learned or maybe had an opportunity to uh, kind of participate in a lesson for someone else or in a mentoring session or something. And so I wrote the book in this whole third person and it's each uh, chapter has a story. I try to tell a story that kind of gives you a way to visualize what the lesson's about potentially or what the thought was about. And so I think the, the best part of the book is that you'll laugh, you'll have a good time as you're reading the book. It goes through some different management theories and thoughts. And of course, I have this, my uh, leadership is about this concept of balanced leadership, where you think like a customer, feel like a valued individual, but act like an owner in all your decisions. And so a lot of the book talks about this concept of balanced leadership. The title of the book is actually a story in the book, so I won't give that away. But when you read that, that chapter, you'll know exactly how I came up with the story and the title, Tighten the Look. So a fun book. And it's a book that talks about leadership. And that'll be the answer to your first question. And that's what am I doing today? So for me, 
Leadership's about legacy. Do you leave things a little better than you found them? Are people better because of their time with you? Are your customers better because of their interaction with you? And do the share owners, stakeholders, do they feel good about the fact that you're running their company or you're running the company? And so for me, it's all about legacy. And so I feel like as I wrote the book, I wanted people to be have those aha moments that mm. I think what people find out is when they read books, and I'm sure you feel the same way. There's many books you read, you think, well, yeah, I do those things. And you know, I believe those are some of my approaches. There's nothing wrong with that. It just reinforces you that you are a good leader and you're doing some good things. We all do good things. We just don't give ourselves enough credit sometimes. And so the book will reinforce that you do some good things. And I think the book will give you some aha moments that, yeah, I can look at this differently or maybe this is a different approach. And I think that's, you know, the legacy piece of it that hopefully you put the book down and you're a little better than when you started the book and you feel better about the things that you are currently doing. And maybe there's some different ways for you to approach some opportunities with your customers, your people, and the share owner stakeholders that you represent. Man, well, lessons from somebody like you who's had the career that you've had would for sure be invaluable. So definitely would like to recommend that to the readers. Where can they pick up a copy of that book? So the book can be purchased on Amazon as well as Barnes & Noble online. And if you go to our website, www, the number three and the word 60, S-I-X-T-Y, managementservices.com, there's a link there for you to purchase the book there. And there's some, there's some podcasts, which I'll load up our podcast, but there's some podcasts, but there's also some videos and probably my favorite moment in business, I had the opportunity to spend about four hours and do a one-hour interview with the legendary coach, John Wooden. Wow. And, uh, that's loaded up on, on the website as well. A great interview. He's you know, a gentleman. He'd be 108, I think, this year. Just a great person to speak with and talk to and uh, some very... So just invaluable things that he, he shared with me in, in that one-hour conversation that's on the website. What was your biggest takeaway from that experience? Like not just the content from the interview, but maybe something that he said off camera or setting up or anything like that. Well, you know, the two things he, I will give you two quick ones. One is that he was a very thoughtful man and just a gentleman and very thoughtful, which to me became a word that I really wanted to identify myself with and, and really kind of really changes your style and your approach to things when you think about, well, how do you want people, what's the adjective you would like people to use to describe you? Well, most people say, you know, aggressive or decision maker or, you know, all those things that, you know, you can think of all these great adjectives that describe a leader. But to me, you know, when I walked away from Coach Quinn, the word was thoughtful. And I thought to myself, I want to be thoughtful. That's what I would like to be thought of as a thoughtful leader. Yeah. And to me, that means that you think through things. You think about the consequences and how they impact everyone. So for me, I walked away from him that he's a very thoughtful person, a thoughtful leader, and a caring individual. And then the second thing to me, it was in the pre-interview. This is how I began to see him as a thoughtful person. He said to me, hey, have you ever done an interview like this before? And I said, no, coach, uh, this is uh, you know my first time doing this. And he said to me, well, I'll put in a video here and I'll show you my last interview with, I think it was with Jim Lampley. And I said, come on, coach, Jim Lampley, Rocky Romanella. I don't, if you're trying to make me feel good, <laughs> now I feel worse. So yeah. he laughed. He said, well, how about this? He, he uh, opened his right hand and in his hand was a cross. And he said to me, uh, this was given to me by my Navy chaplain. He said, and if you ever watch any videos of me, it's always in my hand and my hand's always cupped and people don't see it, but it's always with me. I said, wow. He goes, you know, I haven't, 
I've been told many people that story. I said, well, thanks coach. But I can tell you from this point forward, everybody I talked to is knowing that story. <laughs> he said to me, I don't think my, I don't think my secret was safe anymore, but just the fact that he would try to find a way to make me feel more comfortable. Yeah. I just thought was outstanding and so thoughtful that here's a legendary coach that you know, everybody knows and everybody, you know, has such great respect for. And he's worried about, am I comfortable? And, you know, how can he help me through this? To me, it was such a thoughtful thing. And it really struck me as that's what great leaders do. They're thoughtful. Yeah, that, that's so in, yeah. such an invaluable lesson, especially to learn from, you know, one of the greats like John Wooden. That exactly what you were just saying, though, I feel like is something that you find common across the board is great leaders are just that way. You know, they, they talk to the janitor the same way they talk to the president of the United States. You know, the ability to, like you said, be thoughtful with everyone in every situation and not put yourself up on a pedestal because you've achieved some things and have had some success and stuff. And what a fantastic experience. Have you done any more interviews since then? Yeah, you know, I've been fortunate. I've had a chance to talk to some different people. And, you know, I find I'm getting more interviews now, which is nice. I mean, on the podcast and things like that. But I think what happens is, is that I think some of the greatest interviews I've done were, were people that you and I probably don't know who they are, but you know, you meet them in a keynote speech and they may be a fellow keynote speaker or they're that entrepreneur that you meet that they're second generation. And, and as you're talking to them and they're the CEO of a company now, and as you're talking to them, you're realizing that, you know, all of us have some things very much in common that we're, we want to do the best we can. We're concerned about how we do it. We want to be seen as, as a good leader. And we all get up in the morning hoping to be the best that we can be. And, and how do we go about doing those kinds of things? Yeah, yeah really cool. So Rocky, I, w- I want to talk a little bit about networking here. We're right around the 20 minute mark or so. So I definitely want to make sure that we talk a little bit about this because it's a conversation that I really would like to get into with you because of your past. I think a lot of the people that listen to the show are more entrepreneurial. They run their own business. They have their own business, but a pretty decent amount of people are also in the job world if they're like trying to make a career of it or if they're just starting a business, but they're currently have a job, whatever it may be. And one of the things that I always like to touch on is that networking is always so crucial no matter what you do. So like if you're trying to have a career in a good organization like a UPS, or if you're trying to be an entrepreneur and learn more things about how to run your business properly, or if you're trying to be a coach or a speaker or an athlete or an actor, like everything you really need to get to know the people in the space that can make the decisions and push your career forward and help you to be able to be better. Can you talk about how important networking was with your quote unquote rise to the top of an organization as prestigious as UPS? Yeah, I think it's extremely important. And I think it's extremely important because it, that's where the, some of the best learning takes place. But I think one of the most important first steps, and this is, I'm not sure everyone would agree with me on this, but for me personally, I always think it starts with the humble approach of your desire to learn, right? I think sometimes what happens is people begin the process of this networking in a formal way or even in an informal way, and it's about something that they want to gain. Well, Whenever you take the approach, it's about you and it's about something you're trying to gain, it never really ends well. And so I always think it's important to start off with good intentions, you know, that people see that what you do stems from an honest heart, that, you know, it's an opportunity for you to meet new people. It's an opportunity for you to learn and 
put your, you know, kind of listening ears on versus, hey, this could be a shot for me to maybe get a promotion because now I met someone who could potentially promote me or get me a better job. When you do it from that perspective, I don't believe you ever get the full value of what could come from networking. So I think if you go in with the honesty of purpose and an honest heart and say, hey, look, this is an opportunity for me to grow and develop. It's an opportunity for me to meet some good people and create some great dialogue. Then I think you learn some of the greatest lessons. And sometimes they're the lessons that you learn that you didn't even realize you learned. And then a few weeks later, you look back and you have that aha moment. Wow, that was really something very special that happened there. Or they gave me a really good idea that's really helped change the way I look at things or view things or my approach to maybe a solution. So I think it's, it's probably one of the most important things that you do. But I always believe it starts with your intentions and it starts with you doing it from an honest heart. Yeah. How do you clear your intentions? Is this something that you think is just natural for some people? Like some people are just always trying to look to get ahead and it's just always in their brain to set up this relationship because it could get them somewhere. Or do you think it's learned a learned skill to just to be like, you know what, a discipline almost that's like, I want to add value without expecting anything in return and, you know, kind of hope for the best type thing? Well, I think in one sense, it's the old theory that, you know, your strength is your weakness if you're not careful. And so I think in some cases, it's those individuals whose strength are highly motivated. They want to get to the next level. They've got this view of I'm going to be a CEO someday, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get to this level. And so that's their strength. Their weakness is highly motivated. They want to get right. And so they start to compromise things because they start to compromise values and principles because, well, the ends justifies the means. So that's maybe one case. I think the other case is that being humble is always a a good path forward and understanding that, hey, we're all good people just trying to do the best job we can. And so if you start from that perspective, that this conversation today you and I are having, I'm learning from you because of the questions that you asked, the way you're prepared, the way you go about you know, conducting yourself, I'm learning from you. And, and the questions that you ask, I'm thinking, hey, you know what, that's a good approach. It's a good way of looking at it. Hopefully people listening to my responses are thinking, oh, you know what, that may be a different way for me to look at it or, or never thought of it. You know, I think most people think, would say, yeah, think like a customer. But when you mm-hmm. put it together, like, feel like, think like a customer, feel like a valued individual and act like an owner. Well, it's maybe a little different approach, but individually, yeah, I always consider my customers. Yeah. I want to treat my people right. Yeah. You know what? I want to make sure we're profitable. Mm -hmm. Maybe the way we put it together that says, think like a customer, feel like a valued individual and act like an owner helps you to kind of visualize it differently. And I think that all comes from your openness, willingness, and your humble approach to, I want to learn something different. I want to learn something new. You know, I have to be open to it. So I think that's and I think some of that's learned over the course of time. And some of it is your confidence. As you get more confident, you realize you don't know everything. I mean, the really confident person, clearly the biggest thing you know when you're confident is what you don't know. Yeah, right, right. And I feel like that's a really big difference between being confident and being cocky, right? I think that sometimes that's a kind of a blurry line. People are afraid to be confident because they're afraid that they'll appear to be arrogant and they don't want to be arrogant because they've gotten a bad taste in their mouth from somebody who was arrogant. Would you say that that would be a differentiating factor? And what else would you say would be a differentiating factor? I think that's very true. I also think cockiness is also a defense mechanism for insecurity. For yeah, because if I'm going to be cocky, then you're less likely to ask me a question or want to even engage with me, right? So then I don't have to have a difference of opinion with you because you don't even talk to me. So, yeah. But that also hurts your ability to learn and develop because there could be some key people who just look at you and say, you know, it's not even worth the conversation because we're going <laughs> to... So you just lost a valuable potential opportunity to learn, right. learn and develop. So I think that's probably you don't realize you're shutting off 
communication. You're shutting off the ability to learn something. from You learn from everybody. I mean, right. I had people I worked for that maybe weren't the easiest people to work for. But even in those difficulties, I look back and I think, you know what? I did learn something. Even if what you learned is I'm never going to do it like that. Well, okay, <laughs> you learned something. Right. Well, who you know or what you know, Rocky, which one's more important? I think it's what you know. I think at the end of the day, you got to be able to put your head on a pillow at night and believe that you did everything you could to be the best person you could be. And that comes from learning what you don't know and, and trying to be the best person you can be. Well, awesome. I would love to keep talking, but we do, we're, we're running out of time here. So let's go ahead and move on to the last segment. Something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Excited here. Let's go. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? You know what I always wanted to be? I, wanted, I mean, besides being a teacher, I told you that already. I always wanted to be the mailman who walked and delivered the mail. <laughs> that is a good, interesting perspective. I like that oh, answer. Yeah. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? George Washington. And how come? Because I always wondered what he told them at Valley Forge. You know, here you are, it's freezing, we're out of ammunition, we're barely paying you. What did he say to those soldiers that kept them there with him? I just would love, he had to be such a thoughtful, you know, considerate leader. He had to be. Otherwise, why would you basically fight for nothing and not be freezing and fighting against one of the world's greatest armies at that time in, in England? So I would want to ask him, what did you say to them? How do you like to consume content? Books, blogs, audiobooks, podcasts, or videos? I'm actually very good at the podcast and videos because I guess I'm a learning by visualizing. I have to see it. I'm one of those people that never cut class only because if you told me something, I would remember it. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. I enjoy reading, but I'm not very good. I would rather you talk to me about it. Yeah, right. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Get up early, go down and make a cup of coffee, read the sports section. I guess I should be reading World News and Events and Wall Street Journal. I do get to that at some point, but I love reading sports. Yeah, that's more important anyway. Yeah, that was going on. And, uh, and then Deb and I, now that I guess I'm retired, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I mean, that's one thing I know about, by the way. <laughs> we get together and we go to Starbucks in the morning, Deb and I, and we have our, we call it our morning meeting. She says, this helps me transition. So we have our morning meeting at Starbucks. What is your go-to pump-up song, Rocky? Oh, American Pie. American Pie. What is something that you are just not very good at? I'm terrible at math. <laughs> there we go. That's a good answer. All right. As we get everything wrapped up here, Rocky, what is one place online where we will be able to find you the most? By the way, it's pretty hard. I mean, when I'm doing heroic in my whole career and, and making uh, financial decisions, saying math is doesn't sound too good, but uh, <laughs> yeah. bad. so at least you know I'm honest, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. You always find, well, I'm, what makes I'm you a, a great leader probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm from Jersey. So you always get, people in Jersey always got a guy. So you, I got to get a good guy. I got to get a good CFO. Got to get yeah. a good person there. So you can find me at www, like I said, 360, the number three in a word, 60managementservices.com. My email is rockyromanella at gmail.com. Our website's very interactive. I do get quite a bit of emails from people and people go online on our website. I respond myself. So I enjoy that. Yeah. I've, you know, I've, lately I've gotten quite a few, I'm calling them book clubs, but Lunch and Learns where people have, have purchased a book with their people and I'll, I'll dial in and we'll discuss the book for an hour, which has been a lot of fun. I just enjoy that interaction and some of the questions that come up from the book. People email me about the book and say, hey, this happened. You have a few minutes. Uh, are you got any thoughts on this? So anything I can do to help uh, just makes my day much better. 
Yeah, love that. Listen, if you're listening to this right now, take advantage of some of the offers that these guests come on and just really freely give to you guys. So reach out to Rocky. He's got literally a lifetime of experience and knowledge. Man, I, I really enjoyed our conversation today, Rocky. Reach out to Rocky. That's RockyRomanella at gmail.com. If you'd like to just send him a quick message, tell him thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for your time and just reach out, say what's up and tell him that you heard about him here on the show. Rocky, thank you so much for coming coming on, had a, just a blast chatting with you. Oh, it was excellent. And thank you for being such a great host and uh, also uh, so well-prepared. I think that sometimes that goes unnoticed that, you know, the guest is getting all the attention, but a good guest is because of a great host like yourself. So thank you, sir. Really appreciate that. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.